You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi. This is podcast episode number 1140. And we're going to do something we don't normally do a lot here on Critical Mass Radio Show. We're going to welcome back a returning guest, Bob Aiken, who is the founder of JCAP Financial Group. So good to have you back on the show. Hey, Rick. Great to see you. I'm excited to see. I see you got the. she's got the shirt. For those of you that are watching us on uh, live uh, Facebook or YouTube, it says JCAP Private Lending. So let's start with, for those that maybe didn't hear your previous interview on a program, tell us a little bit, an interesting story about your background. Just kind of set the context for us, Bob. So my history is really residential lending. I did my first loan back in 88. Um, construction loan in Anaheim Hills, and these builders thought, hey, we're going to build these giant mansions in Anaheim, mm. and the uh, Los Angeles Angels, we're going to buy them and live there happily ever after. Sure. We're going to make a bunch of money. And so I was called to do the loan on them, you know, 88. And so... I was a little guy at the time, didn't know what the heck I was doing. But a friend of mine said, hey, if you get out there and find the lending source, it was very tough to find bank financing for something like that. Uh, he said, if you find the bank, then we'll do the loan. And so I got in there. I'm, like, looking through the yellow pages, you know, calling banks. Will you do construction loan? And, you know, most of them were saying no. I'm like, well, do you know anyone who will? Uh-huh. It took me all day. But by the end of the day, I found this little tiny bank in La Habra, La Habra Bank. And they did the loan, and I had no idea what I was doing, but my friend packaged it up, and right. off we went and began my career in wow. residential lending. So that's 30 years ago. 30 years ago. There you go. <laughs> yep. uh, he was very young, ladies and gentlemen, fresh out of grade school or something. Right. I don't know. Right. Okay. So when we were when you were on before, we were talking about what JCAP was doing, but I know you the business model is ever-evolving. Right. So, so why don't you help us to understand what's your niche now? So I was um, doing, you know, I was Bob the loan officer for most of my career, and that grew. I started out at CalFed Bank, and then that grew into being a mortgage broker, which grew to being a mortgage banker, and we organically grew the company around my personal production. I was one of these, you know, blessed to be a super producer, uh, top 50 in the country, billions of dollars worth of loans, and I was a good saver. But I was doing all these regular home loan refinances, survived the financial meltdown and then we're like what the heck you know and I was mentoring people uh, in those later years of my career and I was mentoring these young guys and my whole uh, motto was do what you love to do and I always loved lending until after the financial crisis and it reset uh, what happened in lending regs were higher the federal government stepped in and I thought, wow, I'm preaching this, you know, love what you do. I hate what I do. <laughs> I hated it. And Uh-oh. even though we survived it, most guys didn't. I right. really detested lending all of a sudden. Right. And it became very tough for people to get a home loan. And I thought, we're going to have to do something different. And um, I retired the mortgage bank in 2013, and we launched JCAP Private Lending. JCAP Private Lending does this really niche unique part of lending. I and love niches. If you're at... 
Um, if you're walking into your bank and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to go in and get a commercial loan or I'm going to go in and get even a home loan or a loan for investment or maybe some cash out to you know infuse into your business and you're going to get something tied to real estate, it's very difficult to get a loan. And banks say no about 75% of the time. Even when it's tied to real estate. Even when it's tied to real estate. And so what we did was we said, hey, if the banks are saying no on a real estate loan and the borrower has equity and some way to repay us and a plan to get out, an exit strategy, we're going to make them that loan. And it took off. You know, I was sitting around having coffee, and I got a call from a real estate agent. That's kind of how it happened. And they said, oh, my gosh, I've got to close in 20 days, and we thought we we're going to get this bank loan. We're not going to. It's going to blow up. My client's going to lose the property. What can we do? And that launched JCAP Private Lending. So can I back you up a little yeah, bit? Yeah, sure. I need a, that's commercial lending? We do uh, commercial and residential loans. Okay. Yeah, to $5 million. To, okay. And so you, you sort of tipped it on how— did you really start this business because you got a call from a friend? That is exactly what Really? I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you saw a need there, right? Yeah. I was having coffee down at A Market, down in PCH, and um, I had closed the mortgage bank, and I was really looking for something to do. And I thought, do I write a book? Do I learn how to play golf? You know, do I travel? Uh-huh. None of that stuff is any fun after a couple of weeks, you know, and I'm a terrible golfer. And uh, I got this call from Clarence Yoshikani, who was with Prudential at the time. He's doing a deal down in Newport Bay. And he's like, Bob, I got to have help with this loan. And I thought, you know, thank you, but I'm kind of out of lending. Yeah, and I'm sorry. To, yeah, but sorry. And he's like, no, I know you can do it. Come on, please. And a friend of mine that was having coffee with me said, hey, Bob, you can probably do that loan. You're in Newport. Raise some money. You know, and let's do the loan. I'll throw some in. And it occurred to me, you know, at the time, my money market account was paying like a half a percent. Right. And I thought, hey, if I can get my money to work and get some of my friends' money to work, then we could get a better yield and hit this niche in the market that's real safe, low loan-to-value real estate. And it launched this business. It's That story is remarkably similar to your first story 30 years ago. Where somebody said, if you can find a bank that'll fund it, you can. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's like weird how twice now you've. Isn't that funny? Right? Yeah. And so now I've got guys on the street and they're out looking for these loans to help people out. And then I do investor relations and I'm meeting, you know, family offices, uh, corporations. We do we deal with funds and uh, retired people and we give them high yield, safe returns, you know, tied to real estate, okay. and they get a better yield. And then we're able to give those monies to people that need some transition money while they're fixing whatever their problem is at the bank. A lot of times that bank will tell them, oh, you need more cash reserves, or you have to file another tax return, or you've got to get something fixed with your credit report. And that takes time. And it takes time. And so we'll come in and do this real short-term loan. And it's, you know, high yield for our investors. And so the investors win. We take a servicing fee. And so we're doing our business and feeding the mouths at our company. Right. And these people get to close on their real estate or take cash out to expand their company and do all these things that they thought they were going to get held up from doing. And then when they fix that situation, we get paid off from their bank or they sell the property and, you know, and they're off and down the road. So I said when you started to talk this story, Bob, that I love niches because I think niches can really give an entrepreneur the opportunity to get more momentum. So my question for you is how long did it take from that first call and coffee and your friend saying, I'll put some money in, you put some money in, to where you were actually getting, you know, the awareness of the 
commercial real estate market here in Orange County or Southern California? How, how long did that take? Well, I've got this big background in real estate. And so especially Southern California real estate, I can pretty much, you know, underwrite a, a real estate deal in my sleep. And so the knowledge of the, the uh, asset was just inbred in me with 30 years in lending. Right. So you I really thought, yeah, I thought I was going to have a problem raising the money to do it. Why? Well, I just thought, you know, how many people do I know that are really wealthy and liquid? But it turns out that, you know, when you start bringing in like IRA funds or, you know, mm. foundation money or even just retired people that maybe sold their company, there's a lot of money parked that, you know, they're not making anything with their money or maybe they're nervous about the stock market. And we can take those funds. Our investors make between 8 and 11% on their money, fixed yield, deposit automatically into that checking account monthly as the borrower pays. It's a mortgage payment. Right. So the borrower pays, the check clears, and you get an auto debit into your checking account and you're making an 8 plus percent yield instead of my, you know, I was making a half a percent in my money market, <laughs> you know, and now we get to make what feels like a good return. Right. Right. And so, you're... and I'm nervous about the stock market. And so that was never, you know, a win for me. I know some guys love it, but right. I, I never really liked it. Okay. So a couple, couple follow-on questions. Yeah. Um, one, it seems to me that because you're offering this short-term service and you're helping people out, their pain point is higher, you can charge a higher rate than yeah. a longer term. It really is transaction fee to the borrower okay. because they've got a specific need. Right. And, you know, and maybe they've owned their property a long time and they're taking cash out of it to grow their company. It's all really just transaction cost. And our loans are typically 12 to 18 months. And so there's a short-term need. We're fixing that need. And then they're on to whatever they were doing. Even We even do a lot of loans that are like probate. You know, and in Southern California, you get a lot of grandma dies, leaves the property to, to the heirs. But these estates are real estate rich but cash poor. Okay. And so they leave the property to those kids, and now the property goes into foreclosure because there was a mm. loan on that property. Okay. But there's no, there's no money to make the payment. And we'll come in and do a loan to the estate. We'll write it because we can write it however we want. So we'll write it maybe no payments due, and we'll collect interest just when the property sells. Wow. And they save the property. Right. You know, and the kids get paid out, and the attorney gets his fee, and, you know, and it's— so cool. I cannot <laughs> believe it. I can't believe it, you know. This is and, awesome. And our loan packages are like, get a one inch thick, not 40 <laughs> inches thick, you know. It's so great. But you have to keep churning, not bad word, but you have to keep renewing your portfolio because you have short-term loans, right? I mean, so you Yeah, there was a study done. There was an article in the Wall Street Journal about this space. Uh, and it came oh, really? out about uh, about six or eight months ago, and it said that this little cottage niche is a $68 billion industry. Jeez. And that most of it is funded by some guy sells his business, and he's sitting on all his cash, uh -huh. and then he lends it to his friend on his property to go do something. And that's really this cottage business wow. that we're it's really in. really fragmented. Yeah, then. and yeah. what I'm doing, and there's other guys in the space, but— Not for long. Well, we'll see. <laughs> but what I'm doing is really trying to uh, institutionalize that space okay. so that investors can in, can invest in it and get that good return, and it can meet on a volume basis this you know really big need 
And anybody that's walked into a bank trying to get a loan, they get it. Right. It's like the need is big, and the need for the yield, a safe yield, is also big. Right. And so we really just marry the two together. You are, aren't you? It's been so great. So so what is your growth plan? Where do you want to take this then? So uh, that's a great question. We, uh, you know, when I was retired— you know, I thought, oh, I'll get this little office on the bay, and we'll figure out something to do. And, and we quickly filled that office and outgrew it. Uh, we now have um, 12 sales guys on the street looking at deals. We just launched an office in Pittsburgh and launched an office in Austin. When and I was in mortgage— Why? why? Well, why? it allows for— it allows us to do portfolio diversification. You know, we're now, we've got $50 million on the street now. And I never thought that we'd even get to that. I really didn't. Mm -hmm. And I can see us, we're doing about $7 million a month, heading toward $10 million. We could easily put, put that number more at $20 million. And I thought... Well, if we do that, it would be nice to have the different geographies. So why Pittsburgh? When I was in mortgage banking, we did the same thing. But why Pittsburgh? Uh, I, have, I have a really great friends in Pittsburgh okay. that are in the financial space. And, yeah, it's all organic growth. And they can take the East Coast calls, you know, right. easier than we can yeah, from, the, the, time from the time frame. Right. Yeah. And then we did the same thing in Austin okay. to capture that Texas market. So it's not And just a great friend of mine with years of experience moved to Austin. And he called me. He's like, gosh, I really need something to do. And I've moved off. And I'm like, wow, I can't believe you're calling me. It's, Man, you've been living a charm life. People have, you right. should answer the phone all the time. I guess so. And never not answer the but phone. But it's really been this organic growth. Right. And most of the business we do is in Southern California because, you know, it's our hometown. But it's nice to be able to serve people all over the country. Right. And now yeah. you have a national footprint then. Yeah. Right? You got, yep. you got all time zones covered. All right. So, Bob... Uh, Let's turn the attention back to you a little bit. And I, I need to ask, you know, have you ever made a recent decision, kind of an important decision, but the outcome of that decision was different than what you had anticipated? You know, my latest book is on unintended consequences of business decision. I'm just trying to see if you can think of a time when you thought you had a strategy or a plan and the outcome was different other than what we've just talked about. Hey, that's a really good question. That's why I ask him here on Critical Mass Radio Show and <laughs> Podcast. Yeah, it's a good question. And uh, there's been a couple. Uh, one was when I was getting into this space, I really didn't intend to do the big money raise. I actually knew the company or a company that I could um, broker this loan to. Okay. And so I set, it, I set up, called the guy that... Uh, it was a small company, and I thought I could broker this loan to him, and he'd do the loan, and I'd just take a broker fee and be out of it. And right before we closed, the guy changed the terms of the loan, and that's actually what launched the business. Come on. Yeah, and in that space, it happens a lot. And I was That's having, like a business practice? Yeah, and I was having coffee. Again, I drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> and so I'm coffeeing, and, and I cut that short story short to fit it in, but... That coffee meeting was actually two coffee meetings because what happened was when the guy changed the term, I've always been like this, you know, my word is my bond guy. Yeah, right. And so it's just easy for me. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do, and that's what I'm going to do. And so when the guy changed the terms of the loan, I thought, I'm going to have to eat that difference for the borrower so that they so that they get what I promised them. I'm not going to do this big change. And I told my buddy that I was having coffee with, that's what I hate about this industry. They do that. And 
That's why I got into the business. And he said, raise the money yourself and just do it yourself. And that's the longer story. Oh, wow. And so it was it was that changeover that really caused us to now bring mortgage banking to private lending. It was really that change. And so on a general on a general scale, I'd say, you know, go back, do what you love to do, which, you know, was has been my mantra always. And if you get derailed by something, don't change who you are. Right. You know, be true to who you are and to your values. And that put me in this new career that I'm in. You know, you, you, you say do what you love to do, and I hear that. But I also hear stop doing something that you hate doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't, 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 I mean, have the willingness to give it up. Because if you wouldn't have, you wouldn't be with private lending now. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, you know, you're, and I've never said it that way, but you're absolutely right, right? Right. Yeah, you're absolutely Cause right. Because that's, sometimes that's harder to do than to think you do what you love to, right? Because once, we were just talking about that earlier. You've got a business, you've got all this stuff going, it's sort of what you know, you, it's hard, your ego sometimes wrapped up in it as a business owner, it's hard to step away from success. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Right. And maybe you're not even in success anymore. Right. You know, you're just on that. Treadmill, yeah. right, making it happen. Okay, Absolutely. so if someone wants to find you, because I'm, I'm sure there are business owners and CEOs, because you're now across the country, that might be curious about what JCAP Private Lending can do. How would they find you online, Bob? So you can find us on, online at jcap.net, 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 or you can call us, 888-321-7334. Would you say that again? 888 888- Three two one seven three three four. Well, it's always enjoyable. That's why we had him back on, ladies and hey, gentlemen. It's see? been great to see you again. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, I love your show. Well, thank you for being a friend of the program and yeah. part of the community. Neat. Continued success. Thanks. Same to you. All right. I'd like to thank our engineer for today, Paul Roberts, and our producers, without whom we wouldn't be able to do a show like this, Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. If you'd like to connect with me, let's start with LinkedIn. I'm Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. Until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.